Like, there's no third option. What are the only things that could happen from there? You get married or you break up. It's not like the, the other person will be taken away by a, a UFO and then you never see that person again. <laughs> it's you end up together or you don't. And you need to be ready for either of those. This is why it's serious, right? When you're dating someone. Otherwise, you might just be wasting each other's time. Hi everyone, welcome to Not So Secular. My name is Mon Reyes, I am a Catholic lay missionary here in the Philippines and I will be your host here today. In this episode, I'd like to respond to some of your questions. The questions that you sent last year when I said that I was going to do an end of the year episode. But I didn't get to do because of various reasons, but now <laughs> we're doing it, okay? We're doing it. Sort of a semi-beginning of the year episode since this is our second one for 2023. These questions were sent anonymously via NGL. And before we begin, I would like to thank ARSC, that's the Augustinian Recollect Student Crusaders, for having me. They invited me to give one of their talks in their 11th Provincial Congress. It was semi-online. It was hybrid of sorts. I gave my talk online through Zoom, but when I was looking at the panels... Each would have like a classroom full of students who were listening in. It wasn't like individual people in individual panels. They were classrooms per panel. And it was, it was really fun getting to be there. I also listened to some of the other speakers who also gave their message. Some parts of the program, I understand, were online. Some parts were there with them face-to-face with one another. And so I did my best to be present in all of the online parts. And it was a blessing. It was a joy. I am happy that I got to join you there as a speaker, as as one of the speakers for your program. And I am excited for what God is doing in your campuses. ARSE, what I was told, I was invited by Sister Ingrid, one of my classmates, when I was studying in Don Bosco way back 2017, or when I started last 2017, because I continued now. And... um, What she said is that this Congress was made up of students from around 9 to 10 campuses, and it's it's exciting. And that's something that I'm also happy about that I I get to do now more since face-to-face events are becoming more and more common. The restrictions are easing up, and I get to speak more again. And so if you would like to have me as a resource speaker for a talk, a recollection, or any of the same sort of thing, I will put my link also to one of my forms in the description. Or if you want to, you could message me directly on Instagram. Again, I would like to thank ARSC for having me as part of your Provincial Congress. Sige, why don't we jump right into our first question for today. By the way, I'll be going through Two questions only. We'll save the rest for another episode or for separate episodes. Let's see. Depende sa mga suggestions and questions kung gaano ka bigat or gaano ka juicy. Anyway, first question for today is, Wala pa ako jowa, but how to prepare for marriage? Capital H-A-H-A. Ayan. What a way to begin, right? How to prepare for marriage without a jowa. 
I asked this during Christmas time, right? And the, one of the first things that came into my mind is, you know, this is a good break from the usual because what I've been seeing during the end of December is a lot of people complaining. Because, right? During that time, there are a lot of family reunions where you get to see some of your relatives that you only really see once a year. And one of the things that people have been talking about are those remarks that people tend to get irritated at. You know, stuff like, oh, you've gained some weight. Medyo tumataba ka. Or medyo pumapayat ka. Basically, anything that's related to weight. Or, or this, right? Kailangan ka mag-aasawa. Or kailangan ka magjojowa. And the thing about, you know, these kinds of remarks that we get from certain people is that it never really ends, right? It starts off like that. Kailangan ka magjojowa. And then, pag may jowa ka na, oh, kailangan ka magpo-propose. When are you gonna get married? And then, pag mag-asawa na kayo, the question becomes, kailan ka mag-aanak? When are you gonna have a baby? When you have a baby already, kailan yung susundan? If your baby was a boy, kailan magkaka-girl? If your baby was a girl, kailan magkaka-boy? And it doesn't really end. And, okay, sige. To extend a little bit of grace, right? I think, yung mga relatives natin who ask these sorts of questions, I think most of them are just trying to socialize, engage. I mean, yeah, it's done poorly a lot of times, but I think it's kind of like, you know, asking about the weather or talking about the latest sports thing. It's it's a way to engage in conversation that they know how, especially if you only really see each other, yun nga, once a year. And so to extend a little bit of grace, let's just try to be more understanding. And now, the question. Like I said, it's a good break from that usual rant that I see from people. Because what this person is asking is, but how to prepare for marriage. And I'd like to give four thoughts on this. These are my thoughts, by the way. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. Contextualize it okay, to your situation. But the first thing that I would recommend is this. Understand what you are getting into understand what marriage is all about. Particularly, learn about what the church has to say, what the church teaches about marriage. Isn't it like that? Niba, when we apply for a job, what is one of the first things that we do? One of the first things that we do is we do our research. We learn about the job that we want to apply for. What is the job description? What are the expected hours? Is it an 8 to 5 thing? Is it a flexible thing? Can I work from home? Do I have to be present in the workspace, in the office? These are the things that we want to learn about. What is the culture of that company? Do people say good things about that company? Is it toxic? Is it healthy? All these sorts of things. We want to learn about what we are applying for because when we apply for that, we understand that it's a serious commitment. And if we can be that serious about a job that we're applying for, certainly we can be more serious about a life partner that we are choosing. And for us to understand or, or for us to prepare for marriage, we need to understand what marriage is. We need to learn about what marriage is. And the short version of it, um, I, I did a, an episode on this previously, which you can go back to. But the short version of it is what the church often teaches about marriage is that it is a covenant. So it's more formal than a promise, but more personal than a contract. So it's a covenant. It's both personal and formal. It's binding. It's us sharing our lives, choosing to share our lives with one another in a way that we will only do for one another. It's meant to be lifelong, right? So one way that the church has described this is that it is free, faithful, fruitful, and total. So the first is free. 
It means that you have to choose it. You cannot be coerced. You cannot be blackmailed into it. You cannot be extorted into it, right? It has to be chosen freely by the person. And that is why one grounds for annulment is that lack of giving your consent or of giving your free and full consent to the wedding, the marriage in itself. It means that if the freedom is not there, then it's not a true marriage. So that's the first one. It's free. The second one is that it's faithful. You commit, you vow to be faithful to one another. It means na walang side chick. It means that it's not, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you are my spouse, but on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, I will be with someone else. No, it doesn't work that way. You are committed to one another exclusively. It is meant to be a faithful union. The third one is fruitful, which is on the base level. It means that you are open to life. You are open to having kids. It means more than that, but that is what it means on the base level. The fourth one is that it is total. It is complete, utter giving of oneself. It's not, I am committed to you, but only for a contract of five years and then let's renew it when we get there if we want to. It doesn't work that way. It's a total giving of oneself. When you unite yourself with someone in marriage, you are choosing to be one flesh. That is how the Bible describes it. And so you are totally giving yourself. Again, the first thing that I would like to recommend is to understand what you are getting into. Okay? Understand what marriage is. Here's the second thing. Seek guidance from those who are wiser than you. You look for mentors. You look for models, good examples, people that you could learn from, people whose stories you could listen to and hear and see how it was like for them. And that, that's the advantage of having older people around, older people as in seniors, but also older people as in people who are a little um, further along the journey than you are. If you want to have a healthy marriage, Befriend people who have healthy marriages because there are things that you could learn from them, whether directly, as in you ask them, or indirectly, by how you see them, how you observe them, how you notice what they value and what they put first. And it makes you think, okay, these are the things that maybe I could do as well. These are the things that maybe I could learn as well. You seek guidance from those who are wiser than you. That is my second recommendation. The third recommendation is this. Experience dating for yourself. As in, put yourself out there. Date. And date responsibly. Because how can you prepare for marriage when you're not even dating? When you're, you don't even have someone who, you're thinking about getting married to. <laughs> like I said, this is something that you could do res res responsibly. But a part of how you could do that is by communicating to others, make, giving out a signal that you are available. If you are someone who goes to work from 8 to 5 and then goes straight home and there's nothing else, you don't really talk to anyone, you don't really speak to anyone, and, and whenever you speak to people, it's just lagging joke time, lagging get it I'm not saying that you change yourself, but you, you kind of have to communicate that you're available, right, to a certain extent. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. You have to experience dating for yourself. Get to know people. And in the process of getting to know people, you also get to know you. And that is a important part of getting ready for marriage, looking for someone to get married to, basically. And that's where you begin to discover, okay, ano ba talaga yung mga vina-value ko? Ano ba talaga yung principles ko? Ano ba talaga yung mga bagay na, okay, this is a line that you cannot cross. Okay, this is something that matters to me. Okay, these are the areas, on the other hand, that I am willing to let go of for the sake of someone else. 
So that's a part. Okay, so first, understand what you are getting into. Second, seek guidance from those who are wiser than you. Third, experience dating for yourself. And then the fourth one is be in constant conversation with God about it because you are discerning your lifelong vocation. And before you even, well, not before, maybe even during, while you are preparing for marriage, if you think that's where God is leading you, a good question to ask might be, is marriage where God is calling you? Because that might not be the case. And if it's not the case, that's completely fine. You might be called to the religious life. You might be called to the priesthood. You might be called to be a, a consecrated religious or um, a celibate for all we know. It's important to be in constant conversation with God about it. Ask God, where are you bringing me, Lord? What are the things that you have planted in my heart? And in the process of that, you also make decisions. You also decide. And when you decide, you ask God, okay, Lord, is this the right decision? Bless it if it's not. If I'm not meant to go through that door, please close that door, Lord. That's a bold prayer, but that's something that you could pray. <laughs> and this constant um, partnership and communication with the Lord is something that will enrich you and your relationship with Him. And so this is something that's important. Again, four, understand what you are getting into. Seek guidance from those who are wiser than you. Experience dating for yourself and be in constant conversation with God about it. In the moment that you have a partner already, pag may jowa ka na, there are also several things that we could talk about from there. Iba na yan. Especially if you're looking for someone that you could marry. I, I've said this before, di ba? Pero like, there are only really two options when you're, when you're dating someone exclusively. Um, like, it's either you get married or you break up. Like, there's no third option. What are the only things that could happen from there? You get married or you break up. It's not like the, the other person will be taken away by a, a UFO and then you never see that person again. <laughs> it's you end up together or you don't. And you need to be ready for either of those. This is why it's serious, right? When you're dating someone. Otherwise, you might just be wasting each other's time. There are resources that might be helpful for some of the people who are thinking about this. The Feast has what we call the Love Life Retreat, which is a retreat dedicated specifically for singles. This could be something that you could check out. It happens in different feasts with different schedules. So um, if you could get connected to the one near you, whether that's Feast Bay Area, Feast Alabang, or wherever it might be, there are local communities that you could connect with and join Love Life Retreat. Another one that you could join, but ito naman pag may partner ka na, is Discovery Weekend, which is organized by Sefam. And they have a website that you could check out. And this is more of like, uh, what I love about the Discovery Weekend is that it makes room for the two of you to have crucial conversations that sometimes just doesn't naturally come up. Like, how do we handle disciplining the kids? How are we going to go about our finances? Do we have a shared bank account? And so on. So, these are very important things to learn about one another. And Discovery Weekend actually counts as a marriage prep seminar. So when you do get married in the Catholic Church, you can submit your certification, certificate for that as a marriage preparation program. So that's a bonus. And um, if you don't get married, at least you learn more about the other person and then you know better why 
you should not have gotten married <laughs> or something like that, okay? <laughs> Other personal stuff, you have the five love languages that you could learn about. Learn about how you primarily express and receive love, which might be different from how someone else primarily expresses and receives love so that you could adjust for one another. Another thing is the big five personality test that you could check out and research on as well. So that's how I would respond to this question. How to prepare for marriage without a joa. Okay, <laughs> let's jump right into the second one. It's anonymous again. This is what the person says. Hi, Kuya Mon. Love your podcast and been binge listening this year. You have no idea how it opens my heart and eyes. Thank you about that. Next. My question is, what is the voice of God? How do you know that it's Him speaking to you and not just the thoughts in your head? Thank you. This is a very insightful question. And I guess before I give my answer, the first thing that I'd like to say is that the fact that you're asking this question already reveals something about you and your heart. That you are actually concerned if you are actually listening to God or if it's just your own desires or if it's just your own will. And that awareness is already a good thing. It's already one step forward because some people would rather stay in the dark and convince themselves that what they want is what God wants as opposed to aligning what they want to what God wants. Sometimes there's an overlap, you know, what God wants and what we want. And in fact, that is the bigger goal, not just saying no to what we want, but for us to want what God wants, for our wants and God's wants for to be aligned with each other. That is the bigger goal that comes with communion with God. So, sige, let's try to answer this. And to answer this in a way that would be remembered well, easier by people, I'm going to answer this with five C's, okay? Five letter C's. The first C is this. First thing that you check, commandment. What does the church teach? So you're wondering, diba? Is this God's voice or is it just my voice that I'm listening to? Well, one way is to look at what the church teaches. For example, if you're wondering, is God leading me to cheat on my wife, to cheat on my spouse, to commit adultery? Because this is where my heart is bringing me. My desires are so strong and I don't feel satisfied anymore with this current marriage that I have. Is that what God wants for me? The clear answer is no because the the church commands against it. God commands against it. God hates adultery. God hates unfaithfulness. So from there, it's easy. It's black. It helps clarify things, make some things a little more black and white. Right? If you're being led to commit evil, then that's, that's not a good thing. If you're being led to commit sin, that is not a good thing. It's good to learn about what the church teaches and to listen to what the church says because that gives us, it informs us you know, to be able to live our life in a, in a way that is more aligned with the Lord. That is part of the purpose of the church, right? It's to nourish the community. And so one way of checking that is by looking at the commandments itself. Second thing, you look for coaches. Kind of similar to what I said a while ago in the previous question. Look for people who are wiser than you. Who are the people that I can learn from? Someone, again, wiser more experienced, who is a disciple of Christ, someone that I can trust. Some people have the benefit of 
of having a spiritual director, having a priest who could journey with them, get to know them, that they could share with and consult and seek counsel from. If that's something that you could do, that would be really good. It's not required, but it's something that would be really good, right? To have someone, a priest that you could trust or a leader in your community that you could trust. This could be a pastoral figure or this could even be family members. In fact, that's what ninongs and ninangs are also for, right? God parents. They're also there for the spiritual guidance of their God kids. And this is why it matters na pinipili mo kung sino yung magiging ninong at ninang ng anak mo. It's not just anyone. Don't just pick the one with the most cash. Okay? Their, their job is way more than just giving gifts on Christmas. And that is why kasama ang ninong, kasama ang godparents in the baptism itself. And in the baptism, what are we doing? We are initiating the infant into the church. And the parents are there because the parents are the primary guide of the infant. But the godparents are there also to act as an extension of the parents. And so if you have godparents who are, you know, can be trusted, <laughs> understand that it's not really ideal for everyone. But maybe that's one thing that you could look, look into. Or kahit hindi specific godparent. Maybe it's an uncle or an aunt that you could approach, a lolo or a lola or your parents or your siblings. Look for someone, a coach that you could seek guidance from. Someone, this is very important, who is also actively following Christ. Because that's part of how you know. Commandment, coaches. Third one is community. So aside from specific people that you could learn from, it's also important to understand and to see who am I surrounding myself with. And the way I often put this when I'm speaking to people is to spend time, okay? Spend time with people who make you want to be better. That's very important. Who make you want to be better. Who has that effect on you that just compels you. This is very important. Because church is not a thing that you do alone. Following the Lord is not a thing that you do alone. When God called Abraham, he called his family. When God called Noah, he called his family also. When God called Moses, he called Moses to rescue his people from slavery in Egypt. God doesn't just call people in isolation. And that is a very important thing to think about. The fourth one is conscience. You want to ask yourself, is this the loving thing to do? If it's not, you should think about that. It's also important to assess, okay, have I checked my intentions? Am I sure I'm, I'm pursuing this with the right heart for it? Meron ba akong underlying motivation na kailangan kong medyo ipolis, right? Am I in a state of grace? That's also important to ask. Have I sought confession? Am I, am, am, is my relationship with the Lord in, in, a, in a good state right now? Because that will cloud our judgment if it's not. We end up wanting things that are not good for us, wanting things that are not aligned with what God wants. And that's not, that's not helpful. And then the last one, the last C, is Christ. Have I talked to Jesus about this? Have I lifted this up in prayer? Have I actively sought it out? The person here is asking if, how do I know if it's God speaking to me or if it's just me speaking to me? And one way of knowing is, have you spoken to God about it? Because if you haven't even spoken to God about it, then it could be the case that it's just you. <laughs> right? Have you listened to what God has to say about it? Godly discernment is born out of intimacy with Christ. 
And I remember someone asking me about a similar question in the youth ministry before. How do I know if it's God's voice? And the way I answered during that time, I thought about it and the way I responded to her is by saying, you know, you know how when you're close with someone, when, when you find two people who are best friends, spend so much time with each other, what happens is that they begin to pick up each other's mannerisms. They begin to speak in the same way. They begin to act in the same way, in such a way that you are reminded of the other person even when you see just the, the one person, right? Because they spend so much time with each other, they become more alike. And because they spend so much time with one another, maybe you've experienced this, you begin to understand how they think. Oh, kung nandito si Bene, this is what he would say. Oh, kung nandito si Jewel, this is how she would react. Those are some of my friends. <laughs> no. And because you know them so well, you begin to anticipate, ah, okay, this is the, these are the things that they value. And maybe this is how they would think. And maybe this is how they would react. And maybe this is how they would act. And they would like this. They would not like this. They would hate that. You begin to know more of what they are like because you know more of who they are. And the same is true for Christ. When we spend time with the Lord, when we take a deliberate effort to get to know Christ, to get to know His heart, we also get to know His will because we become more attuned to His voice. John talks about this, that my sheep know my voice and they listen. They listen. It becomes easier to recognize the voice of God in our lives when we spend the time to listen to Him a lot, as in a lot, a lot. And the closer we become with Him, the more we get a sense of, okay, I think this is where God is leading me. And it also gives you a track record because you can look back to your past and, and say, ah, yes, when this happened before, this is how God brought me here. When this happened before, ah, yes, this is what God did. And then that informs you then of how God will be faithful to you in the future. This is a very important question. How do I know that it's, that it's God speaking to me or if it's just me? Those are five pillars right, that we can at least consider when we're discerning. Commandments, coaches, community, conscience, and most importantly, Christ. Christ himself. To wrap this up, there's this story in the Gospels, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, we know this is the agony in the Garden, when Jesus was praying to God. And Jesus, in Matthew's version at least, he says two prayers. The first time Jesus prays, you can read this in Matthew chapter 26. He says, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus says, May your will be done. Not as I will, but you will. Not my will, but yours. That's the first prayer. And then he goes back to his followers, to Peter and the gang, and checks on them. They're sleeping. Wakes them up. Goes back into prayer. And Jesus prays kind of a similar thing, but there is a slight and important difference. The prayer, the second prayer goes like this. He says, My Father, if it is not possible that this cup pass without my drinking it, your will be done. The first time, Jesus is asking, if it's possible, let it pass. The second time, Jesus is saying, if it's not possible, then let your will be done. Let your will be done in me. Because Jesus is a part of this. The difference is that in the first prayer, 
it's if it's possible that this would not happen, that's what I want. I want it not to happen, then let it not happen. But the second prayer is more like, if it's not possible, if this is what you really want, then I will go through it. And I will go through it with you. And I think this pattern laid out by Jesus and laid out by Matthew in the gospel is a pattern that we can also adapt in our lives. At first, it would be like that, you know, not as I will, not my will, but yours. There are times when we will have to say no to ourselves to say yes to God. But the bigger goal, as I was saying a while ago, is not just to say no to ourselves so that we could say yes to God. That's an important step. But it's also to learn to want what God wants so that when we say yes to ourselves, we are also saying yes to the Lord. Because what we want and what God wants are no longer at odds with each other. It has come into full unity, into full union as we come in relationship with Him. These are two quite different but very important questions and I'm glad that the two of you sent this my way. And as we close things, I would like to thank you who are listening through this for tuning in all the way through. Feel free to send your questions and your messages as well. And I would like to say also that if you like what we are doing here, if you find this valuable, if this is something that you want to continue and support, one way that you could do that is by donating to what we're doing here. You can do that through ko-fi.com slash notsosecular. That's ko-fi.com slash notsosecular. That is one practical way of contributing to what we are doing here so that we could, I could dedicate more of my time into continuing to make this happen and we could have more resources, materials that we will need so that we can push this forward, make it better, reach more people with it. That's one practical way of doing that. Another way would be to pray. Let's pray for one another. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me too. Again, thank you very much for listening all the way through. I am grateful for you and I'll see you in our next episode. Bye.